This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. This is episode 422. This is the Third recording in our long leg of marathon recordings today. And we are joined by Andy <laughs> Wilson and Mike Marsh from the Merseyside Skeptic Society. <laughs> Gentlemen, what? I, I love that you make it sound like you're saying Merseyside. Merseyside. <laughs> Wait, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Hey, you're not from Merseyside? Get. Is that not the thing? We can, let, we can let a couple of things. Um, I think technically Andy Wilson is no longer part of Merseyside Skeptics, and technically my name is oh Michael my Marshall. God. But if we want to go for uh, a, such a high level of professionalism, guys, I, I, I'm, I'm disgusted at the low level of professionalism for this show that you'd get the guest name wrong, and frankly, I'm used to better. <laughs> what the fucking incredulous website is that? MerseysideSkeptics.org. Z. It's like a Z. Mersey. It's used as an you asset like, looking at it. You sound it's like, like a, a Z. A, you fucking use a Z, you crazy assholes. You want to you lose America, like American, this is how you yeah. lose an entire set hold of on, colonies. Hold on, let me translate. Use a Z. <laughs> yeah, just, just fuck with the spelling like you do elsewhere in the English yeah. language. Wait, is it Merseyside? It is. It's Merseyside. It's, it's pronounced Merseyside. Mersey. Did I get it? As in ferry across the Mersey. Perfect that time. Absolutely yeah. spot on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Merseyside. So, guys, what do you Correct. think of the royal wedding? Let's talk about it. Let's oh, get into this. Beautiful. Let's Just get into beautiful. it. I didn't really I, I watch really a lot of it. it. I'm not really that artsy. Uh, it's, it's, Wait a minute, you weren't invited? Well, yeah, oh, I, I'm not going. I'm not going to accept the invitation. You know, I was. I was busy. Yeah. I had a hair appointment. <laughs> I had books to read. I had to uh, do some extensive IT support on my laptop, which seems to be a minute-by-minute minute recurrence at the moment. <laughs> it's awkward because he was with that girl who got married before. That is you know weird. I mean? When you're just Super like, oh, I don't want to go to my ex's wedding. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy. So, so weird. I hear she's black. <laughs> Half black. <laughs> yeah, Half black. And it's not the not same fully. over there. Like, they uh, didn't own him for as long as we Oh, were. yeah. Yeah. They didn't even own us for that long. You, you, half black, that's that's offensive, you know, that's pessimistic. She's half white. Come on, let's look on the bright side. Oh, man. I hear he's got an English dick, so she's only half full. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared of the old bangers and mash. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the I watched the entire thing. I watched the entire thing. I loved it. How long was how long Fucking, was it? Oh my god. 
You didn't fucking lobotomize yeah. yourself beforehand. You I can know. do that. I'm not. You can just like put an ice pick right in crochet your needle. Eye. I'm a big fan of the crochet up needle. Up in there. Yeah, it's got a grabber yeah. at the end. Uh, people were talking about it here, and I was like, when they started talking about, it, I'm like, I could literally care about nothing less than that. Oh yeah, <laughs> you gotta yeah. Stop talking about it. Really, genuinely, please stop talking about it. So it, it's amazing. Um, you you but, didn't you uh, didn't watch the whole thing though. You're just pulling my leg, right, Andy? You're just pulling my I leg. I know. I I watched the entire thing, and uh, I'm not even a monarchist. I I think the monarchy should go, but uh, I do like a wedding. <laughs> I've got to admit. <laughs> They filmed the shit out of this wedding. He's just dabbing at his awesome. eyes with a, with a lace kerchief. <laughs> just like, it's so he was crying. <laughs> Andy liked weddings so much, he even celebrated the wedding of uh, Hitler and Eva Braun. He's like, look, there were monsters, but <laughs> such a beautiful ceremony. But she looks so pretty in a dress, Marsh. I mean, there's, there's was a white wedding, so they had that going for it. Yeah. <laughs> Ava Braun was half brown as well. <laughs> so how's I want to I do seriously though want to ask you how Brexit's going. I mean I know we heard we 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 heard a big long diatribe when we were at the last QED. Yeah, and that's when it was sort of just sort of breaking yeah. and stuff. What what's happened since then and and how how deep down the toilet has Britain fallen? When you say diatribe, you're referring to Drunk Marsh there. I am. No, we're always Mark. referring to drunk. By the Mark. way, these guys are on talking about QED. If you have the means, you need to go to QED just for the last <laughs> night when Drunk Mars holds court. It is, it is <laughs> unbelievable. It is yeah. truly. There has never been a more close talker when drunk than Mars. <laughs> oh, we were making up. He's like, we're just like he's I, just in there. I'm just like, well, I think I the, really the problem is you right guys now. are very, very yeah. loud. I can't compete at that volume, you so I've got to get closer because of the distance squared yeah. law. You know, it's just simple <laughs> physics. If I'm closer, I'm louder. So, so, so Brexit tell going us, great or super great? I bet it's going very, very well. So uh, I haven't been following. Yeah, it, in, in, I'm optimistic. In, in in London, we have rhyming slang. What rhymes with Brexit? <laughs> Brexit is a nightmare. It's not Why a is it a nightmare? nightmare? I, you guys voted for it. This is what you wanted. This yeah. is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, come on. I mean, you had it coming. Yeah. If you didn't want it, you oh, shouldn't have voted I remember, like that. I remember I talking to you that. guys the night yeah. of the. Uh, I know that's why I'm the not. night of the presidential election, and I remember how I, crestfallen oh. you were, and that's how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been on a. We've been on a low slump, a slope down since that night for a while. So, yeah. so Brexit yeah, a- is, where are you at? I guess start there for me. Where are you at okay, with no. Brexit? What's, because this is not something that just happens. It's a process. Yeah. So this is the problem is that the people who voted for it and the people who convinced them to vote for it uh, made out like this was just a thing that would happen overnight. It's like an off switch. Mm-hmm. We switch the EU off and we're fine from there. But we have to do a fuckload of stuff. And it's going so well at the moment that Airbus, the uh, aircraft manufacturer, have now mm-hmm. said that if Brexit goes the way it's looking to go, they will leave the UK and take 110,000 jobs with it. Um, and the foreign secretary, Boris Johnson. Well, the nice thing is they can all get a flight when they go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just put them on one of those big fucking planes they have. Motor full of jobs. <laughs> Jesus, fly them out of yeah. here. But the, the government's response to that was fuck big business. Fuck businesses. What? You don't get sacked if you are the foreign secretary who responds to that news by saying fuck business. You don't get sacked for that. That's just a thing that happens. Wow. Well, did he actually say that? Uh, he said, yeah. "Fuck business." It wasn't in a public statement, I don't think, but uh, it was. It was. It, that's what he said in a uh, in a meeting. Wow. wow, I mean, that's that's like 
that's what Trump regularly does, but he doesn't say it. You yeah. know, that's just like his, <laughs> yeah. and then he has to pay business $130,000 to keep quiet yeah. about it when he's done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Airbus Airbus is going to fuel up and go if Brexit continues along. Where again, like help me understand the process cuz I know it it was made out to be like, well, we left the EU, like you like break up with your fucking girlfriend or something, but like it's not like that. Yeah. This is a, this is more of like a long, painful yeah. divorce, and right? Who pays the alimony? Right. That's what it's I'm worried about. Specifically like your divorce time. Uh, yeah, ouch. <laughs> Well, get ready to write. Sensitive is going to hold us for a long time, and we're going to suffer massive amounts of trauma as a result of it. But we're pretending like we're and better off. And it'll still be the best thing, thing you've ever done. You'll, you'll, you'll end up marrying a much hotter, more pleasant uh, EU down the down the road. Be much, be much happier. What, so, where are you at with the with this Brexit situation? We're we're still stuck right in the middle of it. You know, we're it's. It's not going to go well. It's getting worse and worse and worse because all of the people who pushed for Brexit to happen made promises that physically cannot happen. So they, they said, <laughs> they literally have just said, well, we'll be able to trade with the world and, we, and BMW, will, they'll want us more than we need them. So they'll come running to us to set up all these deals. And that's never going to happen. And so the best case scenario, if Brexit was to, still goes ahead, is that we have the softest Brexit possible where we basically stay in the EU EU in all but name and have no say over any of the EU laws that we have to live by. That's the best case scenario. Oh, oh. that's a great scenario. How would that work? Tell me how that would work. Why would you still be subject to EU regulations if you were not a party to the EU? Is because it? we trade with them. We've got to trade with them. And so so the, the thing at the moment is you've got um, all the all the stuff we import from uh, from Europe to then go into manufacturing sector. So all of uh, the the you know the Airbus factories, the Nissan factory in the northeast, all of those import their parts from the EU. So to do that without having to worry about customs and having to have like massive uh, tariffs and inspections and everything like that at the border, oh. being in the EU, goods can just move around. So if we want to keep that frictionless trade, we have to either be in the EU or agree that we will abide by the EU's rules, which means the, the the goods that go in and out of the UK are exactly the same as they would be for the EU. Um, if we don't abide by that, if we decide that we don't want to abide by their rules at all, we then don't get frictionless trade, which means the supply of those factories goes from instant to it takes a week for the goods to get there, which kills those factories and they all fuck off and go to Paris and uh, you know Bulgaria and Dublin. The Leave campaign made a big deal out of the uh their allegation that the EU imposed hundreds and hundreds of regulations and laws on the UK. Well, they did because that's how we facilitated trade. That's it. That's exactly the set of regulations which are now being enshrined in British law so that we can continue to trade in the EU. I've got another example for you here. The other day, Theresa May, who's the Prime Minister in Great Britain, she announced an extra £2 billion of funding, I think it was for the NHS, and this was widely touted as being a Brexit payoff. Two days later, she announced there will be tax rises to pay for it. Well, she she specifically said, we'll pay for the NHS rises out of the Brexit dividend, which is the money we're no longer sending to the EU. Uh, instead, we'll, we'll be able to, be able to put that on the, on the uh, NHS. But of course, the money we, we spend to the EU comes back massively in terms of uh, right. economic benefits. 
That sucks. Do you guys have a wall fund? Like, can you guys dip into your wall fund? Because we have a wall fund that's our money. You know what? If you don't call Mexico, they'll (laughs) pay for it. They're like, they lower it. It's like a whole thing. Yeah, see if Mexico will pay for it. It's like borrowing money from your dad. Just like. (laughs) You never have to pay it back. Pay it back. Yeah. Yeah. We're thinking of of filling in the English channel with British politicians. Is that the same thing? (laughs) Now, you guys left. You guys at least voted to leave. Was it was it immigration was the big sort of thing? Was that the pendulum swing? Was that the reason why? Yeah, certain, certainly one of them. I think uh, amongst the a lot of the working class. I'm glad we figured that out over yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, we, we have some cages we can loan you if you need them. Uh, uh, you yeah, can just yeah. put people in those. So they're made in Germany. They're yeah, a great, just, really high <laughs> high level construction. Well, we'd need to we'd need to make sure they conform to regulations before we can. <laughs> Marsh, why don't you tell, um, um, sorry, what are your names again? Which Americans are you? Uh, wh- why don't you tell Cecil and Tom the uh, fact you told me today? Oh, no, so this is a great fact that, uh, fun fact, I didn't tell you that. That was the other mic in your life. That was my call, but I'm glad you get oh, the two of us completely Michael's confused. Oh, sorry. But, so the the, the gap uh, between the people who voted remain and the people who voted leave was like 1.7 million, something in that kind of area, I think. And if you look at the population change since the Brexit vote, more than 1.7 million old people will have died. Old people were the ones, if you look at the demographics, like 70%, 80% of the over 70s, something in that kind of region, voted Brexit. There is a very good chance that the majority that they had has died subsequently. <laughs> Here in the States, when someone does some sort of great legislation, you know, they finally get that one thing passed in the House, they'll retire. So you think that that's what they did? They voted for the one thing they wanted to pass, and And now they're just retiring? It's basically they're just (laughs) dropping the mic on their whole thing. Waiting for the whole lifetime. When I die, can you just drop this mic on my grave? Can you do that? I'd like to think it's more like when old people who die within a couple of days of each other, you know, the relationship with the EU has died, so all the people <laughs> have died. Yeah, yeah. They, couldn't, they couldn't live on. They couldn't live on without it. So so no. was it was it uh, immigration, though? You said, you started to say like it was. It felt like it was. But is it is, was that a large part of it? Or what was what was the was main miscon- reason? Misconceptions about immigration. It, it was. It was, hmm. it was a lot of jingoism and, um, you know, either closet or overt racism. Yeah. yeah. I, so I, I think that was a huge part of it. I don't think it was the only thing. Because obviously you had no, the... Um, you had the lies put out by the Leave campaign around uh, how much money we'd go at the NHS. We'd, we'd spend the EU money. Let's spend it on the NHS, which they now say, well, we didn't say we would do that. We just said, let's, in the sense of, let's have a party at some point in the future. We're not going to put a date on it. We're not going to invite anyone yet. But yeah, uh, you know, let's let's learn French. It's it's that kind of let's. Yeah. Like, oh, you mean the kind of let's that's never going to happen. You're never going to do that. Um, but a lot of people voted thinking it would get more money to the NHS. And then there were a lot of people who aren't really talking talked about who are in the comfortable middle classes who've never been comfortable with us being in Europe and have been agitating to get out of Europe the entire time we should never have gone in and, and so a lot of these people are relatively wealthy and it's not immigration that worries them it's uh, you know the the uh, relationship with the EU and uh, they think the the little England the mentality of like well we once ruled this world and the sun never set on the British Empire and now here we are taking orders from Brussels I mean yes they're orders that we helped write and had a real leading hand in shaping, but they're orders nonetheless, and therefore we 
shouldn't follow them. Um, and they are a major, major factor in uh, in the Brexit vote that we weirdly don't talk about. And I guess it's the same with Trump in that it's much easier to talk about the uh, forgotten workers in this, this working class town that has been left behind by progress and successive governments. It's easier to talk about that than the white nationalists and the evangelicals who uh, were a major, major force for Trump. And it's the same with the, uh, the um, comfortable, well-off middle counties, uh, home counties, uh, people here in the UK. So who was your MS-13? Who was the group that they were trying to demonize and scare you about? Turkey. Really? It was, it was a Turkish? So they said Turkey is going to join the EU. They literally, in one of the poll, in one of the flyers that was sent out by the part of the Leave campaign, it made out that Turkey was about to join the EU tomorrow. And this would allow 12 million or 20 million or whatever the number was, uh, Turkish people to move to the EU tomorrow, uh, move oh. to the UK tomorrow. Um, take, not taking account the fact that that's a very large percentage of Turkey and they wouldn't all move to the UK. But also, like... They got to get in that Airbus and all just, fly up. That's what they got to do. <laughs> they're just all waiting at a starting line. Like, yeah. come on! <laughs> uh, I have thousands of miles to walk. If, if Turkey were going to join the EU, they have to get, they'd have to get uh, a sign-off by all the members of the EU. And one single member saying no would stop their membership happening. So in the EU, we could say no to Turkey. Yeah, yeah. Also, Turkey had to go through all these other checks, including uh, proving that they weren't, uh, proving that they had a better human rights record, to improve their human rights record, which they haven't done. So there was no danger they'd ever actually be joining. Um, but there was a guy that um, my, my wife, uh, one of her clients, actually pointed out the reason he voted leave was because Turkey has already joined the EU and we need to get out before we all get here. So he just totally misunderstood the fact that they weren't going to be joining. They weren't, they weren't even, they weren't even part of the part conversation. I, I guess I have, here's the question that I, that I want. Who benefits from Brexit? Who's winning? Somebody ha wins, right? Well, I mean, people, people like Nigel Farage I don't think anybody's winning. Is, is, uh, wins, you know, people. So Nigel Farage mm -hmm. is the guy from uh, the UK Independence Party. Uh, UKIP, which is a was an extremely minor fringe lunatic party ten years ago, fifteen years ago, who but has now effectively hijacked the uh, the Conservative government and is now directing their policy on on uh, on Brexit. But he is now a major player in politics, and he wins uh, heavily from it. Um, people who own businesses uh, where they can offshore their money, people who will benefit from uh, the UK in the, if if the UK goes ahead and enacts some of their plans to become a bit of a tax haven. You know, there are there are politicians talking about that's what we should be doing is having ourselves as a low tax uh haven for business you'd be the cayman islands like that's the thing like you just that's their plan is to become the fucking european cayman islands well the ones who've got loads of money and want somewhere to put it do that you want that yeah that's a plan that doesn't seem like a plan <laughs> right and you you have you have just summarized british policy for brexit <laughs> Better than any politician. <laughs> God damn. Like a plan. You guys should make those bumper stickers. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a plan. We've got two years into this planning stage, or almost two, well, actually, yeah, two years into this planning stage, and we are no closer to a plan. And you look at, like, the one of the major issues is Northern Ireland. Okay, so at the moment, you've got, a, you've got no border between uh, the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, which means people, goods, they can just go back and forth, which is great because... Traditionally, there was a bit of kerfuffle in the old Irish area, especially around where that border was. So having a safe... Huh. Oh, I've heard, heard I've, ne I've never heard of that. I don't know. So was, weird. Was, that's weird. Yeah. But here's the problem. If we leave the EU, well, when we leave the EU, the Republic of Ireland won't be leaving the EU. 
So you now have a situation where either anybody oh, who wants to get into the UK can fly into the EU, uh, fly into, into Dublin, take a train to Belfast and fly into the UK, and then we have no way of tracking those people, um, which, which is a problem from a terrorism point of view if, if people wanted that oh, kind of easy yeah. access into... Uh, in- well, it is when you say it it's out like, loud. It's like Irish anchor babies. That's amazing. <laughs> but to stop that, you could put a hard border up between Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland and split up the, like the 300 oh. towns and villages or however many it yeah, is that are, that are along that area. Yeah. Which is only going to yeah, yeah, make them fight again. Yeah. Make them fight again. That's yeah. Nice. yeah, we have an amazing international history of the success of walls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't they also just like load people into a potato gun and fire them over? That's an option yeah. too, right? Unless you're like low well, on they, for some reason. What they could do is they could uh, take a lead from America and leave the children on one side of the border. <laughs> yeah. Well. No, we take the children in, then we just put them in a just, in a kennel. We just keep them in a different place. That's how that works. Yeah. And we tape them crying, and it's it's good. Well, what's it's the deal? Sick. What's the deal with that, guys? Can you just give us the skinny on? That? Oh yeah, sure. So they they basically um they change the rules on how you uh you can enter the country when looking for asylum or other things. You know, if you were looking for work or whatever, and you show up at the at the border and you're like, hey, I want to get into this country, and some a lot of these people are looking for asylum, and they change mm-hmm. the rules on that. What they used that used to be a civil offense, so they would say, okay, well, we're gonna have to hear your case, so we're gonna let you go, and uh, and now instead, what it is is we're gonna put you in jail because we're gonna call it a felony or a, a very high level misdemeanor. And you're going to mm. go in jail. But since you're going to jail, we can't have you have your family. So we're just going to split you up. And so we'll take these kids and we'll put them in a tender age facility. And then we'll take the adults and separate mm-hmm. them from their children. And then we'll just have people um, that take care of the children and and, ha- and we, we record yeah, them we're, crying. We're, yeah. we're creating like baby jail daycare. Yeah. For yeah. immigrants that are trying to seek asylum. And we're doing that nation. because we're afraid of MS-13, who out of 250,000 entries across the border accounted for 250, and that was only linked to MS-13. These weren't actually gang members. Right. They were just linked to it. So... It's it's all, and then, I, but then I Trump know, solved that the, in the problem. By, the yeah, FBI Trump, have detected you talking about yeah. this, and they've sent the sirens in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're they're going to separate Tom and Cecil. Have Tom in a cage, yeah. Cecil in another room. It's going to be a night. You just have sound yeah. audio files of Tom crying in a cage. That's what we're going to have. Oh, please put Tom well, in a tent. I'm not wearing this shut please collar put for Tom nothing. In a tent. <laughs> I've been waiting for the time. <laughs> so um, the the summary you've given of that policy sounds really inhuman. Is that how we're making? America well, it again? sounds that way, but then what we did to combat that is we left yeah. the UN Human Rights Council. Yeah. So now we don't oh, have to worry about that. Genius. Yeah. Genius. I know. Like we're really well dotting done. our eyes yeah. and crossing our T's. We figured out the best way right. to plug our ears and say la la la. Yeah. It's been yeah, really... by unsubscribing yeah. from international standards. I mean, we cannot <laughs> criticize you for that because we're about to do that. I want that bumper sticker. America, <laughs> unsubscribing from national standards. <laughs> 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 I would like to unsubscribe. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. It's been, it's been something. So yeah. I want to talk fuck? about this other, there's a story that we, that we taught, we sort of sent along and it's a story from right wing watch self-described classical liberal YouTubers join far right European political party. This is a party you just mentioned, Marsh, this UKIP party. A couple of YouTubers have gone over and joined this party. I have never heard of UKIP. 
Is it a is it a far right party? Yeah, sort of, you know? sort of. I would. It's certainly very, very right wing. It's certainly a very, uh, it, it's very uh, racist as a party. The <laughs> irony is, these guys have, they've joined it just as UKIP is completely meaningless now because UKIP's only yeah. purpose was to make the UK quote unquote independent from the EU, which they did with Brexit. And what happened in the the local elections immediately following Brexit was UKIP basically got wiped out because why would you vote for a party whose only issue was to do the thing that was already <laughs> happening? So they've joined a, a party just as everyone else is leaving, which I'm guessing is not yeah. the first time that Paul Joseph Watson has turned up at a party and everyone else has left. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this other guy? You had mentioned that you knew who Count Dankula was. Jesus Christ. And uh, I had never heard of a Count Dankula. Can, so. can I pause real quick and just say, like, I know I've said this before, but, like, I know that I'm living in a weird I just don't understand the world anymore when we're about to have a serious conversation <laughs> about somebody calling himself Count Dankula. Like, what the, Count like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> this, this, yeah. None of this can be true. <laughs> uh, we, we keep it real here at the glory hole. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah. Count Dankula. <laughs> I mean, these, these are the... The the battles that in you know fifty years time historians look back on and have to try and make sense of and have to teach this kind of bullshit uh, of, of the kind of the weird situation that we're in. So Count Dankula is a guy called uh, I forget what well, it's Mark Meacham is it? I know his surname is Meacham. Who's a Scottish YouTuber who put up a video uh, of him having taught his girlfriend's pug to do Nazi salutes whenever he said the phrase "gas the Jews," which oh he says. Oh my god. Shit. Did it look adorable in that outfit, though? Come on. Come on. It probably, it probably looked adorable in that outfit. You know, I, I will say also, like, if you're ever bored, Google cats that look like Hitler. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean a Hitler once in a while. Yeah, they're yeah. real fucking funny. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. He's on his, uh, on his, on his Twitter account in his uh, bio. It says, I'm not a Nazi, but my dog is. So yeah. I learned it from watching you, you Dad. Dad. <laughs> because normal people spend how long it takes to train a dog. They're sitting there like, I'm not racist. Now, oh you got your treat in your hand. You yeah. got a little fucking piece of sausage or whatever. You're like, gas the juice. No, get the hand up yeah, at yeah. a 30 degree. Fuck you, dog. You don't even know how to be a good Nazi. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a goose and just teach him to walk. Yeah. He'll be goose stepping down the hall. It's easier. Takes half the time. Oh, goose. That is so cute. <laughs> I'm going to put jackboots on a bird. Oh, that's so adorable. Oh, God. Right, so that's where we are. We've got this guy who's taught his dog to, to, uh, to do a Hitler salute. So this is obviously a, a horrible thing to, to, to do. Not so much the, the, uh, the salute, which, fair enough, that might be a silly thing, but the fact that he has triggered, the, the yeah, trigger term is gas the Jews, and he's saying it so yeah, many it's... times in the video. Now, he yeah. then gets pulled up in front of court for gross offense, which is a, a, a law up which, in... Uh, you guys have, like, hate crime, like, hate crime laws? Well, it wasn't a hate crime law. This is the thing. It's getting reported as he was done for a hate crime law, and he wasn't. He was done for causing gross offence. And gross offence is that the uh, uh, effectively that he knew his actions would be offensive beyond the pale and intentionally did them in order to offend that that group of people. So it, it was specifically an offence law thing. Um, but it was painted as being a hate that? law. Can I, can I pause real quick? I'm sorry. What do you think of the gross offense law? I'm curious what your thoughts on that are. I don't like. Is that it. a good law? No, nah, I, I don't. I don't like. I don't like it as a law. No, um, I, I don't think we should be criminalizing uh, offense. 
But I think the the term around gross offence is very codified. It's very, it's very specific, and it's not just like oh you said something that's offensive. It's it's along along the lines, and I'm not a legal expert, but I believe it's along the lines of uh, you have deliberately said something in order to provoke people in in sort of certain groups. I don't think it's just like you've been offensive generally. But I'm no expert on the law, and you've seen a lot of people weighing in on the law, and I'm not a not an expert on that. But what what has happened is an awful lot of people like Ricky Gervais, like there's a, a, a who's obviously a comedian. There's a guy who pretends to be a comedian called Jonathan Pye, who made a big, big <laughs> show. We've got a guy named David Smalley who does yeah. the same thing. <laughs> so they make a big show about the fact that uh, a Scottish comedian making a joke is now being done for offence. But the important thing here is that Meacham is not a comedian. He doesn't describe himself as a comedian. He's never described it. He says, I'm not a comedian. His friends would say, I'm not a comedian. Um, so he's just a guy who, put, who shit posts His on His audience YouTube. would say he's not a comedian. He's a guy the guy's like, I've never been funny once in my life. <laughs> so, so they're saying he's not a racist. And do you know who would hate a dog doing a Hitler salute? Nazis. They would think that was offensive to Nazis. And no, he wasn't doing it to be offensive to Nazis. He was doing it to be offensive to the Jews. That's why he said gas the Jews 20 odd times. So that's very specific. You don't, you know, that, that isn't there to uh, be offensive to the Nazis. Um, and so they're saying this guy isn't a racist. If you look back through some of his videos, you'll see him talking about how the BBC is uh, promoting white genocide. And you'll see him making oh. a lot of very racially dicey uh, and, and outright uh, racist statements, a lot of uh, hugely transphobic statements. But they just don't bother looking into that for the context. And he now becomes this symbol of free speech, uh, which he, he became for a while. I think in the end, he didn't go to prison because I don't think that was likely to have happened given the, the offence that he had, had been causing. I think he got a fine of less than a thousand pounds and I think he got wow. something more than like 20,000 or 10,000 pounds in uh, Patreon donations, way more than that. So he's doing pretty all right for himself out of it and he gets to be a right-wing uh, free speech grifter um, claiming that he's the martyr here and having what would be otherwise sensible people support him without looking to the fact that he is clearly a racist bigot. You know, you said he was a Scottish comedian or Scottish. Yeah. But like Scottish YouTuber, how the fuck do people understand him anyway? I, like that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> might as well just be fucking like, you might as well just be signing that shit. I have no idea what he said. I, just, I cannot, it's just, how can you differentiate between a joke and him just screaming at a fucking couch cushion? Like, it's all, it all sounds the same anyway. I can't tell, I, I want to give the Heimlich to everybody who starts talking. I just assume they're choking on something. Well, I mean, I, I've worked with Scottish people before, and I'm surprised if gross offence is a law in Scotland, I'm surprised that most of the Scottish people I know haven't been prosecuted under it from the work, from the, the language that's <laughs> So... QED this year. It's going to be great, right? Or super great. Which How one great? Is it? Which great? It's going to be great. It's going to be a huge amount of fun. And it's, it's one of the reasons it really has to be is we've got to let our entire audience, we've got to give them something to hold on to because we aren't doing a QED next year. We're taking a year off. So it's going to be good enough for people to, to last two years worth of, uh, of QED uh, excitement over. That's how good we're going to have to make it. So you're, you're taking a year off of QED. What's yeah. the... Um... Are you going to, is it just one year for sure? You guys are going to pretty positive. You'll come back just taking a step away to, to take a breather yeah, back in, back in, back in 2020. We just taking yeah. a rest. That's all. It's been eight years. It's been eight years. It's eight years. I mean, they take, you know, five, six months worth of solid work to, uh, to put together. So, uh, we just need oh, a, a little bit off. of break. And so where is QED? The same as yeah. last year, the Mercure Piccadilly? Yeah. Mercure Piccadilly in Manchester on the uh, 13th, 14th and 15th of October. 
Um, so tickets are like £113.75 for a student. The tickets are almost all gone. They're really flying out. They, they're selling quicker than they ever have. And I think part of that is because we aren't doing one next year and people have gone, huh, I right. better make it this year. So uh, if you are thinking of coming and you've been sort of sat on your uh, sat on your wallet uh, waiting till later, uh, there might not be a later. It's best to uh, best to get moving. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a huge amount of fun. We've already announced the Skeptics Guy is going to be doing their first ever show in the, in, uh, in the UK there. We've got uh, Helen Army, who's a, uh, a comedian who's part of a, a, comedy tr- a comedy group called Festival of the Spoken Nerd. Uh, she's very, very good. She's going to be emceeing. We've got George Schwab. Uh, he's going to be uh, doing a main stage talk and uh, doing some other stuff, too. We've got a load of other stuff that we haven't yet announced, but we're on the verge of we're just about to announce a load more stuff. So uh, it's it's going to be a cool one. I got to say, like, Cecil yeah. and I went to QED in 2016. And it was, it was just so much fun. Like, as, as conferences go... Yeah. The crowd is incredible. The organization is just crazy well run. And Manchester was delightful if you go the right direction. Yeah, it was beautiful. I yeah. really enjoyed Manchester. <laughs> what do you mean if you go the right direction? Well, see, so I, <laughs> about we Canal showed Street. up and we, we didn't know where we were going. We didn't grab a map and we just started walking. And we wound and, up in like an industrial yeah. section, a weird like area. We're like, what the fuck? There's not even a place to eat around here. But then with the later on in the evening, we turned around and walked and there's like this beautiful area with like a million restaurants right by the, when we just missed it. We yeah. just walked right we past literally <laughs> just gone the other, like we just made the perfectly wrong turn and it was not as yeah, good. But it was like yeah. a, it was like a weird industrial section, like places with no windows. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, is this like fucking Oliver Twist time? I thought like, I was still happening? in Chicago. Yeah. I was like weirded out. I'm like, didn't I get on an airplane? But it was wonderful. And the people there were wonderful. Yeah. We had a great time the last time we went. It, it was, was an really awesome good. conference. Yeah. I'll be going just as an attendee. And I'm really looking forward to just going and, and hanging out and, and seeing everybody again that, that was over there. Because I had such a fun time in 2016. So I would ask Andy about his podcast, but Marsh, you have, you're doing some podcasts and uh, you're, you're, uh, you, I've listened to a couple I of have your, too. your, uh, your reasonably, be reasonably be skeptical. Reasonably skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people get the name of that wrong, you know, a lot of people don't call it yeah. that. I'm glad you put the effort in getting the name <laughs> But yeah, there's, there's, uh, they have merch. Be reasonably skeptical shirts. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> there's at but least two. There's at least yeah, the one good lucky guy in the audience got Andy's. But uh, but you say we, lucky. We, uh, I, I've listened to a couple of these. Uh, what what kind of topics have been happening on your show recently? Because they're fucking Some amazing. Of them are, uh, amazing. Yeah. Well, I spoke I spoke to a 9/11 truther recently. He was a scientific 9/11 truther. He cared a lot about the science, the scientific method. And he believed there was absolutely no evidence that the planes oh, had anything one. to do with the towers falling. Um, there's zero he evidence. The correlation. He was kept being like, <laughs> correlation is not causation. <laughs> You're like, well, I mean, <laughs> well, I, I listened to that episode and I just, st- I was in my car and I fucking just stared. At, yeah. I almost crashed my car just <laughs> yeah. staring forward blankly. <laughs> it was lovely because he said, yeah, he said the, the fact that the planes hit the towers doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the towers falling. That's just correlation causation. Uh, and I said to him, yeah. And like, why is your nose bleeding? I know it's got nothing to do with my fist that just hit your face. It must have been something else. <laughs> but, he, but does he believe that, that bombs knock them down? 
Yeah, he believes in the controlled demolition thing is what he was proposing. Right? He, he does. But if you pin him down on what he actually believes, he wouldn't actually uh, spec- he wouldn't be specific because uh, what he'd say is, well, I'm just looking at the evidence. And to me, the evidence says it wasn't the the planes. So I'm not here to put forward the theories. I'm not here to start postulating conspiracies. I'm just looking at the evidence and your evidence doesn't stack up. We need to start looking at another theory. So maybe it was to do with uh, having uh, them pulled down or, or controlled uh, demolition. We need to look at that a bit more because your evidence evidence doesn't uh, doesn't stack up um so he's more about uh decrying the the skeptical side uh rather than putting forward his own uh, his own view um but he was a delight uh, cecil did you hear tom cecil did you hear the hollow earth that i had no yeah. i didn't i think i did hear this one yeah. hollow earth like a yeah like a gumball uh-huh like a balloon yeah, so he was he was brilliant. So he talked about how uh, the Earth's hollow. There's a sun inside, which is where the heat from the inside of the Earth comes from. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait! Yeah, yeah, slow, yeah, yeah. slow down for those of us in the little. Sl- there's a sun. Yeah. Inside. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if there's a something inside, how is it still hollow? <laughs> well, no, it's like a, a shell. It's very small, Tom. That's yeah. rude, Cecil. It's average. It's, it's, Thank yeah. you. Well, when it gets warm, it's a little bigger. So, <laughs> so yeah, you can you can go in through a, a hole in the sea near the North Pole. As you walk in, you'd walk around the inside okay. of the crust. Yeah. Uh, we chatted about that for a while. He talked about. Wait how a the- minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You can go into the crust. You can just. Are there stairs? One thing, like- I, one thing I'm curious about: if it's hollow on the inside, how do you stick to this to the top of the? The, the crust like how do you stick to the inside of the crust is it gooey like how does that work well he, he so he he had a theory for this he said gravity wouldn't work so gravity is what everyone thinks it is so i've come up with my own theory that's that that explains oh, things better than gravity better. and it was oh. to do with um particles being ejected from the center of the earth going out through mm-hmm. the hole in the south traveling along magnetic lines mm-hmm. like the magnetic uh force lines and coming in through the hole in the north and the speed of those those particles moving pins you to the inside of the the earth's kind of shell uh, through like a centripetal force. And what did he think was responsible for the magnetic forces? We never got to that because the conversation started going in two other directions. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. After that, the conversation didn't... Yeah, it took a bad (laughs) turn there, Tom. Weird imaginary particles we can't measure that he just postulates exist that squeeze out of the farting asshole of the hollow earth. <laughs> you're you're not really sure you could go into a, a crazier place than that. But bear in mind, this guy said, you know, you can go to the center of the earth. People have been there. Uh, the Nazis escaped there after the Second World War. Um, some what? of them, some of the Nazis went there in submarines. Others went in spaceships. Why, why did they go in submarines? I, wait, what? But others went what? in spaceships. <laughs> others went in spaceships that were given to them by the people from Venus. Oh, how, Venus. Wait yeah, a minute. Venus, I'm yeah. still, this is, Venus this is more been questions. penetrating us for a long time. Tom. I haven't finished. Tom. Oh my oh my God. God. I haven't finished. Men are from Mars. Nazis are from Venus. <laughs> 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 no wonder we don't see eye to eye. <laughs> so when you say gas, the Jews, what you mean is sulfur, right? Yeah. Is that what you mean? <laughs> so the Nazis had these Venusian uh, spaceships during the second world war, but they promised the people of Venus that they wouldn't use the spaceships to win the war. Guys, we're all about to be slow. Well, we made a promise to Venus, so we can't use our spaceships. We're just going to have to die. So I pointed out, you know, Nazis, famously, not that good guys, not very good at keeping promises. He said, actually, the Nazis weren't that bad. They were pretty good guys. Um, all they were doing were prote- was protecting Germany. They were protecting Germany from Poland, protecting Germany from Russia. Oh my God. They were protecting Germany from the inside of Poland. <laughs> <laughs> protecting it from French food. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I said, well, all those, all those Jewish people he killed, they killed. I mean, that wasn't very nice. Well, they didn't kill oh, that many Jewish yeah. people. Whoops. Wasn't that many at all. Oh, but, oh, a Holocaust denier. Why were we talking about the Holocaust? Oh. Why did I spend 20 minutes talking about the Holocaust? He's a Holocaust, he's That's a Holocaust like the denier. That is an amazing... How did you find this? Guy? I don't even know. I can't even remember where. Marsh... He's a Holocaust denier, and he thinks there's an acceptable number for the amount of Jews yes. being killed. Yeah, right. It wasn't even that many. <laughs> no, but you had a you had a men's rights guy on though too, didn't you? Like, I, oh I yeah, to that, that was recent. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So he was a guy who used to uh, attend Merseyside Skeptics events um, many years ago, um, but he just kept pumping up on my Facebook anytime I said anything that uh, wasn't directly decrying feminism as uh, you know the, uh, the invention of Satan uh, to share his uh yeah badly researched egotistical hot takes so we had uh, a long conversation about lots and lots of different things in that one it was just was, so weird that one was more debatey though you pushed back on him more than i've heard you push back on anyone else yeah so uh, part of that is i think i uh i sort of cared about those issues maybe a little bit more when, when you're talking to a guy who thinks the earth's flat it's hard to really get too riled up about that and, and it's, easy, <laughs> or, or it's easy to keep you cool um, but when you're talking to yeah. talking to someone, I guess the other reason I push back as much is because there there aren't that many people who are saying the Earth is hollow. There are a fuck ton of people yeah. who are parroting all of the uh, Breitbart esque, Infowars esque stuff he was saying about feminism and trans rights and uh, you know racism, Black Lives Matter, things like that. Um, he was just spewing Fox News talking points at me, and it's that's a hugely popular uh, opinion for a lot of uh, uninformed and misinformed people. So it felt like that needed more of a direct pushback than someone who was saying, did you know that the Nazis escaped the Second World War in spaceships from Venus <laughs> and went to the center of the Earth? Oh, you, you didn't feel the need to to do anything other than just say it out loud yeah. back to him? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. going to go ahead and summarize what you just said back to you, and then we'll just go ahead and stop there. I think everybody will know. You know what's funny to me about the MRA people is they, they're men's rights activists that spend most of their time talking about women. Yeah, only exclusively so. Right. It's it's so interesting that like if their real issue is men's rights, you'd think that they would talk about men. Right. But they they spend like men's rights activists talk mostly about women and feminism. Yeah. And I, I it's just it's 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 kind of fascinating. It's sort of the Trump talks about Obama and Clinton thing all the time. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're just this is just something you're fucking upset about. Yeah, it's the, the stuff you talk about shows what you care about and you don't care about men's rights. You care. Well, the degree to which they care about men's rights is where they think men have a right to power and supremacy. And that is the right that's being taken away from them. So that's what that's right. the right that yeah. they care about. Men have a right of total control and uh an ownership of women ownership of women's bodies that type of thing um yeah they don't care about any of the issues that are genuinely affecting men they'll talk about you know men uh being more likely to commit suicide but they're doing fuck all to change that and they'll be actively yeah. shaming men who show emotion so yeah and those things aren't men's rights those are men's privileges yeah. like it's a <laughs> <laughs> totally different. It's very different. You don't have to. You just can and should. There's a difference. So, so how yeah. skeptics with the K go? Uh, yeah, it's gone. Uh, it's gone pretty well. We've done uh, the the. We're back onto our kind of regular shows, but we went through a spate of doing specials where uh, we talked about events that we'd attended. So I attended with Alice, uh, my, one of my co-hosts. I spent a weekend at the Flat Earth Conference in Birmingham. Um, I spent oh. a weekend with Flat Earthers watching all the talk. Did you use GPS to get there? <laughs> Lots of them did. Lots of them did use GPS to get there. Um, honestly, I've got to say, Confusing. first of all, one of the most fascinating weekends 
pounds I have ever spent. I fucking loved it. It was amazing. It was so interesting. Um, there were lots of people who were wrong in ways I did not expect. Um, and it was, it was <laughs> well, I thought a lot of it would be kind of <laughs> physics based, but a lot of people, there was a huge amount of Bible there because a lot of biblical literalists think the earth is flat because of a couple of specific sentences of Genesis. So I thought that was quite interesting. One of the things that I found really fascinating, and I wrote about this for, um, it was either Guardian or Gizmodo. I wrote an article for the Guardian and one for Gizmodo outlining all of this uh, and outlining my thoughts. And it was really fascinating just how many of the speakers at one point during their talk would just often offhandedly mention some personal trauma that happened to them before they became flat earthers. And I thought that is fascinating that so many of them, I think every single one of them um, would casually refer to some big traumatic event that happened or some personal tragedy or some some sort of, you know, suffering circumstances. You mean like a death in the family or something like More that? More like, uh, so someone talked about how he had a, a nervous breakdown a little while after he was a volunteer fireman uh, around New York in 9-11. He didn't actually, uh, you know, go, he didn't go to the the, the um, ground zero during the uh, during the event, but he was there and he knew people nearby. Um, and he had a nervous breakdown a little while after that. And now he's one of the most prominent flat earthers in uh, in the world he also lives off the grid and drinks his own urine and exclusively washes in his own urine uh, every day oh my god wait oh, well, he probably smells marvelous well you wouldn't want to use somebody else's would you <laughs> You'd walk up and take a fucking big sniff of that guy you know like jesus christ what do you mean like when a dog pees like they're marking their territory i feel like when you're dumping urine on yourself like you're marking territory nobody else is going to claim at that point. It's definitely a mark what? of something. It's certainly a mark right? of something, yeah. What is the trauma thing? How do you think the trauma thing influences or, like, interacts with the flat earth thing? Like, what's that What's that connection there? Um, I think, well, I'm not, I'm not a psychologist or anything like that, so this is purely speculative. But I can imagine that if you've had uh, an event that has uh, caused you to be dissociated or disconnected from the from your your, your normal life, um, you could look for, for greater significance. And there's a lot of people who were saying that. And there were some people who I think probably went through a mental health ep- episode. And there are certain mental health conditions where you one of the symptoms is everything seems way more significant. You see, you see significance in everything. And if that happens to coincide with when you're starting to see videos of flat earth stuff, then that seems to be the thing that unifies everything. Um, a lot of people had a lot of conspiratorial beliefs and they believe in all the different conspiracies and found it hard to necessarily map those together. And I think the flat earth can be a unifying unifying theory of uh, of those kind of conspiracy theories. And I think that's part of it, too. So I think that's it, is that once you would once you're outside of the mainstream and you feel you have rejected or you feel rejected by the mainstream, the flat earth community, the flat earth belief system is is extraordinarily welcoming to any beliefs and doesn't really pay a lot of scrutiny to those beliefs. Um, and the best illustration of that was, and I, I really can't go into the details because I, I wouldn't do it justice, but it was the single greatest talk I've ever seen in my life. It was incredible. It was by a guy called Martin Kenny, who was uh, who did a three-hour talk on the Saturday evening um, about his model of the universe, which was the cosmic egg model of the universe. And uh, the best thing to do it would be uh, to, to listen to the episode of Skeptics with a K, where I just talked. We, we spent two hours nearly explaining his model of the universe uh, and exactly what that, that uh, meant and how he, unfo- uh, how he unveiled it. And it was just wonderful uh, and bonkers and had a bit of everything. Honestly, it was it was lovely. 
So I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know which uh, episode of uh, Skeptics Crusade that was. And if people want to see what is the single greatest talk I have ever seen in my life, uh, they can check out that episode and find out. We'll, we'll put that on this week's show notes. Uh, well, when you send the link to me, we'll put it on this week's show notes. Guys, if people were going to find you on the internet, where would they look? Uh, you can find the conference at qedcom.org. Yeah, and you can find uh, my work at uk. You can find Be Reasonable there and Skeptics with a K there. Or you can find the work that I do in Skepticism for a Living at goodthinkingsociety.org. And you can find the back catalogue of Incredulous at org as well. I am pretty excited to be on the... Uh, Incredulous panel in October for the uh, fourth episode <laughs> since two years ago. <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. Awesome. That's not an exaggeration. Please, guys, I'll miss you it. guys in October. I'm sure you guys are going to have a great time. Uh, we'll people are going to go to QED. We'll they should you. go. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it'll be shame you're not there, man. Miss you. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll catch you guys soon, though, hopefully. And uh, guys, thanks for All joining right. us today. You're Thank welcome. you so Cheers. much. Ready to stick it in the glory hole? Get links to their Facebook, Twitter, and if you still use it, Google Plus account at their website, dissonancepod.com. If you need to be all discreet about it, contact them by email at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a ransom message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Want to hear Cognitive Dissonance commercial free and gain access to exclusive content, including full patron-only shows? Head to patreon.com forward slash dissonance pod and become a patron to support the show on a per episode basis. Love commercials? Not ready to become a patron? Give the guys a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher. Or tell your buddies in the drunk tank about the show. We want to send a big sloppy glory hole to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock. This story uh, is from the Huffington Post. I think it's from the weather section. It's hard to tell because there's clearly a fucking snowflake. In the forecast. <laughs> it's so melty. Yes. Oh. oh, my God. Uh, all right. So uh, Olaf from Frozen here is crying. This is Jeff Sessions. He says, it's painful hearing Christians condemn his family separation policy. Let it go, Jeff. Let it go. Um, so Jeff Sessions, I mean, this is pretty much he's saying like, look, I'm getting criticism from a lot of different places, specifically even from his own church. Yeah. Um, and he, this is in an interview uh, with the Christian Broadcasting Network. He says, I have critics from a lot of different areas. I think our church people are really concerned about children. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. What clued you in, Jeff? Uh, here's the thing, big guy. Humans generally are concerned about humans. What's crazy to me is that he didn't, in Washington, D.C., hear those children with those ears. You know what I mean? Like That's what's crazy to me, is that those fucking radar dishes that are on the side, those fucking... You know, those fucking direct TV towers. Satellites, on right? Side of his fucking face. You know, if he holds a feather in yeah. his nose, <laughs> it could <laughs> just say it. It's a Dumbo joke. Oh, man. They separated the mom and the daughter in that one, too. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a similar. They did. Similar they actually story. did. They put him in cages. And <laughs> that's because that's it's the same sense. thing. Why is it a perfect analogy? Oh, gosh. Uh, Every day. Disney movie. They Sad separate day. the pair. Yeah. They create orphans. Yeah, Every, it's everyone, an opening yeah, thing. Every Disney orphans. movie. Yeah. What, I, what I thought was interesting was, um, you know, we talked, we talked on, on one of our episodes recently mm-hmm. where we talked about, they rolled this out. Right. This was not a bug. Right. This was a feature. Yep. They wanted this to happen. Mm-hmm. They went out of their way to make sure this 
particular thing happened. They planned and plotted this out. This was not whoopsie doodle. Mm -hmm. Sorry. You know, I forgot to pull out. This is, <laughs> this is something, you know, right. ridiculous. And, yeah. and, it, and it's funny because the end of this article really yep. does point this out. They say that the White House Chief of Staff, John Kelly, said in March that the administration was considering separating children from their parents, quote, to detour, to deter more movement, end quote, across the border. And he similarly said in May that yep. separations yeah. would serve as, quote, a tough deterrent, end quote, to immigrants trying to cross the border illegally. And they also, Stephen Wagner, another person had said it had a deterrence effect. And Fox News host had specifically asked Sessions, are you considering this as a deterrent? And he replied, yes, hopefully people will get the message and come through the border at a port of entry and not break across the border unlawfully. Yeah. So this, and then the, and that's important because in the earlier part of this article, when he's crying about how he's taking all this heat yeah. and it, you know, and this is a backtrack from the, uh, from Trump's official statements where he's like, look, this isn't my policy. This has been in place since yeah. he blames Obama, but he says, you know, the, the policy is actually from Bush and then Obama. And then he, I'm just enforcing it, yeah. you know, and all of that, all of that is a lie. All of that is a smokescreen. And then you got somebody like Jeff Sessions who's like, well, I don't know why nobody likes me. I'm just being mean to children. Yeah. It's like, that's, it's like, what are you going to kick a puppy when yeah, you're done yeah, with that? Are right. you going to punch a kitten in right. the eye? Are we like, we're running out of things. There are, there is like, there are some things that we are just universally sort of yeah. like we literally biologically yeah. Yeah. programmed to be protective yeah. of. Yeah. And like the small versions of people we're, we tend as a fucking species to be relatively protective of those. Yeah. The idea that like, it's so fucking tone deaf that he's like, I can't believe that more people don't like it when I'm mean to kids. Like, <laughs> what the fuck did you expect? Fucking asshole. Oh my God. And it's, and he fucking planned it. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. You know, don't fucking cry to me when you planned this shit. And it's not like it was an accident. Like, I, like you know, when some assholes driving his brand new fucking Maserati down the road too fast, you know, yeah, he was driving too fast, but he didn't mean to fucking crash the right. thing, yeah. right? This is fucking specific. Yeah. This is fucking hyper specific. You had this plan all along. You can't cry afterwards and be like, man, this fucking sucks. No, you made the sucky plan. Deal with the suck. You know what they say? Fool me once, strike one. But fool me twice, strike three. A story's from the New York Times. Behind Trump's plan to overhaul the government, scaling back the safety net. Now, what I thought was really interesting about this argu- uh, this this article, Cecil and I have talked a lot about how some of the, um, and Cecil, I know you feel strongly about this, is some of the more like uh, visible pieces of Trump's buffoonery are a distraction from the policies yeah. that are really going to have the larger sort of social sure. consequences. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, this article is a great example of the way that um, in the background, yeah, um, running in the background while we're all fucking paying attention to the smoke and the mirrors running in the background is really a large-scale dismantling of the social safety net. This article talks about um, uh, major changes to the uh, housing allowance for yeah. the for the uh, very, very poor, major changes and overhauls to SNAP. That's a supplemental yeah. nutrition assistance yeah. program. I, th- I think I have that right. Um, th- there's, there's 42 million poor people classified as poor people in the United States. That's out of 320 million or so. So that's about 12.5% give or take, if my top of my head math is right, 
It's about one in eight people in this country would be classified as poor. And I got to tell you, we don't classify a lot of people who are in practice poor as poor because we set that fucking bar too low. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of yeah. like, I'm actually poor, but don't actually meet the criteria yeah, for poverty. I, I, right. I, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this nation needs its safety net and we don't have as strong a safe series of safety nets as most of Europe, oh, Scandinavian most countries, countries have right? Way better safety nets. And than we're media. scaling that back. Yeah. We're yeah. just going to be fucking bootstraps the country. Yeah. I was watching a thing on, I want to say it was Denmark the other day. Um, and they were saying like how happy the people there are. And they were talking back and forth about why are they happy? What's, you know, what's, what's, what makes them so happy? And the guy said, well, we pay about 60% in our taxes. So 60% of our check goes directly to taxes, but they never have to worry about, healthcare and the college, they can go to college. You know, when they want to go to college, they go to college. And there's just this level of, you know, security that every single person has there yeah. that they can, they can, you know, they have a, they have a baby. The person was saying, I had a baby and I had a baby right next to where the royalty had their baby in the same hospital. We don't have a special, you know, a spe they don't go to the Mayo Clinic. Right. You know what I mean? Where there's a special hospital that only rich people go to right. or whatever. It's, you know, it's the same hospital everybody goes to. And socialism isn't a bad word. It's not a thing that people get upset about, right? Here in our country, you can, there's, you know, we're talking about 42 million poor. There's no way to like, like say like, that's a small segment of society. That's a, that's a few people that we're looking that are just like hangers on right. that are, you know, not, they're, they're not industrious. They're lazy. They want to, all they want to do is suck, a suck on the teat of, of the government. And you're like 42 million people. We're really saying that about 42 about million, one in eight. about one in eight people. That's like, outrageous. Yeah. Right. You know, it's crazy. And there's so like the, the, those, it, there's so many studies that show that those plans that these people get on the social safety net that we do have, it, it's a revolving door. They get on it for a bit and then they get off of it. Right. All the studies Which show is what that it should be. they show that, you know, they use it <clears throat> when they term. need it. And then they get off of it, you know, until our economy starts going down. You know, we hear all about the economy constantly, constantly. Oh, yeah, the economy's great. Economy's great. Economy's great. The economy's not great if 42 million people are, are, still, are, poor. are still poor. The economy's not great is if even if you don't qualify for poor, you're still getting snap, right? If you're working and you're still getting assistance, how can the economy be great? The economy can't, it's not, that's not great, right? right? That's not great for a lot of people. That's, that's fucking poor for a lot of people. Yep. And so, you know, we'll hear all these, you know, this, this touting of the numbers from, from the one side, you know, you could have a bunch of jobs, but if your jobs don't pay fuck all, right. then it's a shitty job and it's, and it's shitty for the economy. You know, and there's, there's a, like, Built into all of this is this same old poor shaming shit. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Like, that's the reason like the Trump administration and, and all the cronies that he's appointed are are going through and dismantling all this. Betsy DeVos is doing yeah, it. Yeah. You know, their their whole their whole function here is to dismantle the pieces of the government that don't benefit the ultra wealthy. Right. wealthy. right. Because the pieces of the government that do benefit yeah. the ultra wealthy are kept intact. Yeah. They're, they're changing the language around these programs to include words like welfare because those words have a certain social stigma yeah, attached to them. So yeah. we're going back to using words that we know send a message that leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. And we're doing that on purpose. It's to create a environment where we are comfortable poor shaming. Yeah. And, you know, like these are people like who need the most assistance. Like, the, the, like, if you're fucking actually poor, 
the idea that you should be poor and ashamed. Yeah. How's that going to help move you? You know, like and that, you know, that bootstraps analogy is thrown on its head. Cause you can, what, what do you do at that point? You're right. already, you're ashamed of who you are. Right. It, it, this, 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 this is part of that, like pay attention to what's happening piece that yeah. you've been talking about. Yeah. You know, we got to pay attention to this stuff because while all the smoke and mirrors and what jacket did Melania wear and all yeah. of that stuff hits the news and is important, you know, to people about messaging and so yeah, on yeah. and so forth. There's messaging involved here. Absolutely. Changing the language around how we support people who are most in need. Absolutely. That's a fucking message. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too is they're talking about taxes all the time. Tax cuts. And they're talking about the budget. We got to cut some of these programs. We got to cut this program. We got to cut this program. Look at the shit they're not cutting. Right. right. Look at the shit that they're adding in where you're talking about lots of people getting sh big tax breaks that we're getting not getting tax breaks before. That doesn't change the economy. We've shown that over and over and over again. You can cut the fuck out of the richest taxes, but they're not going to go out and buy 17 Maseratis when they only need one. Well, you know, it's like we, like you hear all the time like that, like we don't want a redistribution of wealth. Redistributing wealth oh, yeah, is they're, socialism. They're fine as long as it's But down. they're redistributing yeah. it up right if it's now. up, it's fine for right. Down is bad. Right. Up is fine. We're happy to redistribute Absolutely. wealth in, in the in the upward yeah. direction. You know, and it's, I want to go back to the thing you said about the the tax situation. Like in, you know, certain countries, the tax burden is much greater, yeah. but the set of social services is much higher. I, you know, I was, I was looking this up the other day. I was talking to Haley. We were looking at, at some statistics and like America is 11th on the world happiness index. And the world happiness index is more than just, you know, how do you feel today on Thursday? It measures 14 different markers from economic markers to health markers, et cetera. The United States is 11th on that list. So we're not one of the happiest nations. We're not even all that not close. Not 10. even the top 10. Yeah. Our infant mortality rate is no good. No. Our maternal mortality rate is no good. Our life expectancy rate is not in the top 10. We, we talk about America like it's this nation of exceptional opportunity, like it's better to be here yeah. than it is to be in so many other places across the industrialized world. Like America is this. Um, but, you know, I, I can't find a marker where we're winning. Yeah. I can't find a marker where we're in the top five. If we measure any of the important, like most guns per capita, we got that fucking nailed down. We spend an exorbitant amount of money on, on the things that make us feel the most secure. If you think about like the things that financially are the things that you need in order to not have anxiety about your future, making sure you can pay for healthcare, making sure you can pay for education, making sure you can pay for childcare, yeah. making sure that if somebody gets sick, you can take time off to help yeah. care for them. Yeah. Those are the kinds of anxieties that people live with and yeah. worry about every day. Yeah. And in the nations that you describe where the tax burden is higher, they don't have that anxiety. Yeah. They were saying that they had, the, in the Denmark, it was 52 weeks off for paternal leave. Yeah. So you have a kid. You get a year. You get a full year, get a year. off of work to take care of your kid for yeah. the first and year. And a big chunk of that, if not all of it, is paid. Yeah. Paid. Paid. Yeah. That's not just... You can, you can go not right. work now. And then, right. you know, I don't know what you're going to eat. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, in most of the, in most of the industrialized world, like in most of the Western world, your standard regular vacation time is six weeks, yeah, six weeks. Yeah. The, the American working week, it's two weeks, is, it's two weeks for us. Right. And that's like a, that's a pretty that's a good, good job, job to start it's out. A good job. Two weeks off a right. year. Paid. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good job. Yeah. If you and get you're that. saying the American working week, the is American longer. working week keeps creeping up. Yeah. We're working more. We get less time off. We yeah. pay more if we get sick. We have more anxiety 
around how the fuck are we supposed to do all this? Yeah. And the idea that like, well, my tax rate's 10% less than the other guy. What I do don't give do a fuck. It? I don't yeah. get anything for the money I yeah. am. Yeah. I am spending. Yeah. All I get is a little more money in my pocket, but not enough to yeah. offset the financial anxieties that I now have to shoulder the burden of fixing. Yeah. And you know, you said, where are we the top five? Where are we the top, you know, where yeah. are we the top in anything? I, I, I want to, I want to sort of piggyback off that and say, if you want to see whether a country is good or not good, watch where they spend. You know, you could look at your mission statement all day, but show me your budget line, right? Show me where your budget is. And, you know, look at the budget in the United States and you'll see the things that, you know, the things that are the most important to us, it's military. And then you start looking, you start working your way down and look at near the bottom and it's, and it's the people who are trying to help. It's these people that are, right. that are, you know, that need this social safety net. These are very, very small programs and they want to cut these before they cut anything else. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So this story comes from Right Wing Watch. This is Dave Coach. Doc Coach. Got a coach. Meyer melts down over criticism of Trump's family separation policy. What? He's, he's, it, it, now it's, it's not, probably not the meltdown that you would expect, though. Like that a, a person with empathy would have. Oh, yeah, you know I was going to say, like it's, it's the not, meltdown I expect from him. Yeah, but it's not It's not what you would expect from a normal person. No, which is, like the meltdown yeah, you and I have had yeah, where it's yeah. like, we shouldn't be doing yeah, this. That's horrible. Everybody should be upset. Or, or no, the, it's not meltdown, that kind of, or the yeah. meltdown that Rachel Maddow had where she had where she to got upset. back some yeah, tears. Right. tears. Yeah. It's not that. It's going to no. be, it's going to be, I hate brown people. If you really want to help the people on the border, go get them and bring them into your house. Well, I could, but you keep putting them in fucking detention centers. This is not how it works. It's such a it's fucking a silly, shitty, shitty straw man. It's like, yeah. it's like, go put them in your house. It's like, that's not how fucking any fucking immigration works at all. Right. Like, okay, fine. Well, why don't you take a Western European into your house then? Yeah. Well, that also like, this isn't a fucking, it's not a fucking student exchange program. Right. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Like they're coming here. They don't want to stay in my house. Yeah. Like. These are people who want to make their own way. They want to make their own life. They may have family that's here. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's nonsense. I get what he's saying. Right. It's like, it's, he's, this is the, not in my backyard argument. Right. But he's talking about other people. Yeah. You know? And it's like, not in my backyard. Well, what don't I want in my backyard? I don't want undesirable things in my backyard. Yeah. And he's saying these asylum seekers are undesirable things you don't want in your community and in your neighborhood and in your home. Yeah. But don't make me do it. Nobody's making nobody's, nobody's yeah. making you. You're a fucking idiot because nobody said, hey, coach, you got to throw somebody in your fucking garage and support them now. But I think, you know, if what he's suggesting here is that like your house is sort of the metaphor for America and like we all share the same yeah. house. Well, it's a real big house then. Yeah. And it's got a lot of fucking space in it. Yeah. And then we can like there's room for all of us because I fucking hate this guy and he lives in my house. Right. Yeah. Like his metaphor is a fucking yeah. flaw. That and how the fuck did anybody get here anyway? Then? Right. Like how did anybody yeah. get in the fucking door? Period. Right. And it's and it's because fucking uh, immigration hasn't been illegal forever. Right. Immigration started becoming illegal about a hundred years ago. That's when we started having rules about immigration. But before then, we didn't fucking have any rules. We had a massive, massive a country that we needed a fucking population. It's like cool. Come on over. Right. Bring your po- tired, poor, and huddled masses. Now we're like, hey. Bring your wealthy, well-educated white people. That's between me and the Lord. And if I'm really a Christian, then I am going to reach out to my Christian brothers and sisters who are in need. And I do that. But I'm sure as H-E-L-L, not. 
Wait, is is that four L's? Oh my god. H E double L L. Is that four L's? Yeah. 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 Okay. Sure as hell. I'm going to demand the government take care of them. I thought there was a separation between the church and the state. I suppose. What the fuck what are, you, are talking? you talking about? He's talking about like, I, I'll reach out to my Christian brothers if I want, but I thought there was a separation of church and state. Nobody's saying that the church needs to take care of them. Right. Just because you feel a religious obligation to take care of your Christian brothers and sisters doesn't mean that only yeah. you can take care of other people. What the fuck is that? That is a that is a crazy thing that, to say. That is a really like, crazy thing. Well, you know what? Yeah. Uh, I eat bread at church, and so uh, the only time you can eat bread is at yeah. church with me. Yeah, and the only nobody bread, else can have bread. The only bread that is is at church. And then the government's yeah. giving away free bread. <laughs> There's a separation of church and state issue, guys. <laughs> What the fuck? Morality was personal. Yet the government's telling the church how the church should behave. Morality is not nobody's, personal. Nobody's telling the church how to fucking behave either. Well, but but like scale yeah. all the way back. Yeah, like morality has morality is the people. least yeah. personal thing. It's the only. It's the thing. Like anything you do to yourself has nothing to do with morality. And like we don't Unless it all, affects other people. Right. Morality is not a oh I decided what's moral and that's that's how morality works. Yeah, like. No. It's social rules. Right. More morality. Like there's a reason philosophers spend time debating how we arrive at moral decisions and moral decision making and moral systems. It's because it's not just, well, it's what I think. Yep. Yep. We, we, we wouldn't have an entire fucking system of ethics if it was just like, well, that's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody's opinion counts. Everybody's opinion is the same. Whatever you think is right. Whenever you, you know, like, like I get it though. Right. Because. If if he can say morality is 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 personal, personal, right? Then everybody gets to make their own decisions, and nobody can be questioned about the rightness or wrongness of yeah. those decisions. And so when he decides that he doesn't want to support or pay, yeah. or you know, is he saying that though? I think he's saying. I think it's the opposite of that. I think he's saying you guys are the ones who say that morality is personal. I think. Oh, that's but what I, he's I think saying. he's saying like it should be like right. they, like by your standard, morality is personal. I'm saying like I see that's no standard. Nobody's, nobody nobody is saying that. That. nobody thinks that. right. Yeah, right. Because it's a crazy thing yeah. to think. That's a narcissist way to view the world. Yeah. yeah. Can't you see it? They murder babies. They light up the White House with rainbow colors, and then tell us. I like in the in the same sentence, they talk about baby murdering not right. a thing by the way right. not but if thing. it were would be, would be horrible deal. right right they talk about that in the same sentence mm -hmm. as oh my god the white house had different colors on it yeah right the the white house supports lgbtq families yeah or at least it did it doesn't anymore but like at, at one brief shining moment in time yeah back before we turned into this alternate timeline but like and and we're going to conflate those two things yeah those One the, which, if it happened, would be genuinely fucking concerning. Yeah. 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 And the other, I love someone. How we're supposed to treat children. It's the devil. It's the stinking devil. Deception. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Sessions. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm kicked off. <laughs> he's he's being ready. He's being ready. He's gonna oh have a heart God. attack on air. Do you think he's? You know, he's gotten more and more aggressive in his videos yeah. lately. Do you think he's playing that up? Possibly for, for the camera. Possibly, I think so. There's yeah, a possibility. I think he probably gets more feedback when he I like. Think, I think people found him through Right Wing Watch. I know there's there's got to be people out there who look at Right Wing Watch to find people they like. Right. Oh, 
Oh, to find people they agree yeah, with? to find people they agree with. And then they're like, oh, oh. I never heard of Dave Dobbenmeyer. That I never occurred you, to me. I bet you he's gotten more, more people to find him. Right. It's just that old, it's that old, that old saying, like, I don't care if you put me in the paper, just spell my name right. Yeah. Huh. Right. That yeah, you're like, right. It feels like the same. Fuck. Most of those kids aren't even, uh, that are coming across. Kids. They're not even humans. Most they're, of those kids. Have you noticed that they're treat them like not humans. white the yeah. way we like them to be to care about them <laughs> to do the caring part off the border with these uh adults that is that is not even their parents that's not true uh, and how do you know but, how, but is, yeah, what did you go yeah. down there and do a survey dude yeah but yeah. like but i i read an article because that was one of the criticisms is yeah. like there's there was some lying but the amount of lying is fucking minimal yeah you know like and but but even if you even if you took that on its face even yeah, again, if you took it on its face. Even if you give them this point. I'll give them this point. And I would say, like, I still care about those kids because yep. they're still children and somebody needs to fucking look that's, out for it. That's the thing, right, is that is that even if I did take you on your word, which I don't, there's going to be a vulnerable, innocent person involved in this equation. Right. What the fuck is wrong with me? You know, it's even worse than that we don't take them in because they were brought here and they weren't somebody else. They weren't that person's kid. Right. It's even worse. It's even more of a sin, quote unquote, sin for us to turn our cheek to those children because you're basically saying, you know, before you had a mom to take care of you. Now it's just a random stranger using you as collateral to get into a country, using right. you as right. leverage to get right. into a country. That's fucking horrifying. Well, we should take care of those kids. We should do something. Yeah, with because them. as soon as they get here, if that were the case, yeah. they're going to fucking discard. Yeah, this what are kid. you going to do? You're going to just trebuchet them back to where they go. Yeah. But the thing is like, put them in a fucking pumpkin chunker and shoot them back to Mexico city. <laughs> what the fuck are you going to do with them? Pumpkin chunker. That's a Midwestern thing. <laughs> like I, you know, like it's, it, what I think here is that there's a, a slew of people. And it occurs to me that like, they just don't give a shit about they like they'll pretend they give a shit about kids they'll pretend they give a shit about other people that they're empathetic but really what they care about is me and mine first yeah and that's the big hard lines right and i think we're all guilty of me I and mine so. first right sure but like i'm talking like hard fucking lines where it's like yeah it's me and mine and then what I want to do after that is just pay lip service to the idea of empathy. Yeah, I just want to, other people, yeah. I want everyone to think I'm empathetic. I want to maybe even cry if I see something sad. But if you ask to touch any part of what's mine, if you ask to impact me in any significant way at all, fuck that. I don't give a shit if that other kid that isn't mine faces a world of misery. I can't see past my own shit. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's it. That's it. Probably not. They're, Probably they're gang not. members. They're gang members. They the kids are gang members. The little or kids. The little kids. Little, kids. little four-year-old they're gang like member. Solo in their face. Fucking. <laughs> they're they're learning like like MS thirteen signing times. All like throwing kids, signs out. All the little kids that were crying in that thing actually are just tattoos. Tattoo tears. tears on they their won't. Face. They're yeah. silently yeah. weeping all the time. <laughs> they're like their teeth blacked out. <laughs> like a skull tattooed on their face. <laughs> This little kid's got a neck tattoo. <laughs> oh, man. That kid turned his pacifier into a shiv. <laughs> drop him. Drop him. Like MS-13. We're missing the point. We are missing the point, see? The point is, it's, hey, dudes, it's just as Christian to follow the law. That's just as Christian as helping somebody who broke the law. Well, then you can pick which one. Yeah. 
Right? If it's the same if thing, If it's then, just as, then, then I can cool. pick the one yeah. I like better. And you could pick the one that because, actually has empathy. Right. You yeah. have a Pixies Choosies yeah. book and religion. Yeah. yeah. So if it's just the same, I'll pick the one where I can look at myself in the mirror and not feel like a monster. Yeah. And when you say, okay, well, I've got to punish them for breaking the law. Okay. How bad is the crime they just committed? Right. Well, how bad is that crime? How awful, how, how badly should we treat them? What level of vengeance should we mete out to this person who happened to break the law by crossing a country's boundary? What should I do to that person? How badly should I injure them? How, right. ba- how long right. should I confine them? What's my yeah. goal here? And what the previous administrations had in mind was they would say, okay, well, that's a civil matter. Okay, that's a misdemeanor. They're not, then they, and they'd let the person go. Now they're like, fuck you, hardline felony. So I want to thank Andy and Marsh for joining us today. That was a lot of fun. They're generous of their time. And they're funny guys. Yeah, they're they really are. great yeah, guys. Really, really clever, funny guys. If you're going to go to QED, um, get your tickets soon. Check the show notes. You can meet, meet up with Tom. Tom's going to be there. I and won't. the Puzzle and the Thunderstorm guys are going to be there, they too. Indeed. Indeed. So there should be a lot of fun. There'll be a lot of uh, hanging out. And that bar there was a blast yeah, the last time, time we went. So go up there. If you're going to, if you want to meet Tom, he should be there. And there's, and like I said, these, these tickets are going fast. So check the show notes. If you want to pick up tickets, they're relatively cheap. As I recall, that conference was stupid cheap to go to. It's like 113 yeah. pounds. Yeah, it's really cheap. And I remember like, and, and in, the, in the States, you go to certain conferences, it's a couple hundred dollars yeah. plus. This just is to a get really good deal. Yeah, yeah, it's a super good deal. So check it out. Um, we'll put this, uh, put it in this week's show notes. Um, you can check out uh, Marsh's podcast, Be Reasonably Skeptical, as well as uh, Skeptics of the K. Really great shows. Um, and then um, if you want to check out the backlog of Incredulous, you can find it, I'm sure, on the Merseyside Skeptics website. We'll put links in this week's show notes to all their stuff. That's going to wrap it up for this week. We're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptics Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information, and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.